today on Hardwired. So here's another sign to look for prior to Jesus' return. A society that is so pervasively wicked and seductive that only those believers that stick like glue to God and His Word will survive and remain pure. Because if you stay with this Word every single day, the Bible says, whoever loves your Word will not be offended and there will be no cause of stumbling in them. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Jesus himself gave the longest prophecy about the days before his return of anybody in the Bible. Jesus talked about the last days in great detail. And today we're gonna look at one of his predictions as we study the signs of the last days. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what were the days of Lot like? Well, most of us know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah but the Bible in the book of Genesis gives us great detail. So we're gonna look at what Genesis has to say about the days of Lot and compare them to our day and see if maybe we are really there. How near the coming of Jesus must be as we see that we very much resemble the days of Lot. I can't wait to share part two of the message as it was in the days of Lot. Let's dive right in. Jesus then said, even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. This is really a somber word, but it's a good word in the end. And should we not be ministering on what Jesus said? You know? And Jesus said these things. He was asked, what are going to be the signs of your return? He said, here's what you look for. I'm going to give you a sign. Now, a sign points to something. You don't pitch tent at a sign. You don't build your house at a sign. You let a sign direct you to a place. So a sign points to a place, to an event. And what is the sign of his return? Well, the signs he gave us point to the day that Jesus literally appears in the sky. He returns. You remember when he was talking to his disciples right before he re-ascended to God. He gave them some instructions, and then it says, in their sight, he just ascended and disappeared into the clouds. And then an angel said to the disciples, why are you staring at the clouds? In the same way he ascended, he will one day again descend. He will return. Now, when Jesus was asked, what are the signs of your return? He responded with several general signs. And I want you to notice as I read these, these are sort of signs in nature. These are natural signs that we would call in our news today, acts of God. But they are natural signs 
in nature. Listen to what he said. He said, you're going to see earthquakes, famines, diseases, pestilences, false Christ, false prophets, all appearing. Now, here's the key. He said, it's going to be like a woman in labor pains. Now, how does a woman go into labor pains? She, the pains start. She's great with child. The pains start and they grow greater and greater in intensity and frequency until finally the child is born. Now, Jesus didn't say these are death pains. He said, the signs I'm giving you are labor pains. And what is the child that's going to be born when these signs are completed? The beautiful new kingdom of God will be born, will be birthed into the world where Jesus Christ rules the world. Okay, so he said, we've always had earthquakes, always had diseases, always had false Christs and prophets and deception. But he said, as my return draws near, they're going to appear and they're going to happen with increased frequency and intensity. They're going to be multiplied. They're going to be stronger than normal, more intensified. You're gonna see earthquakes, but major earthquakes. You're gonna see pestilences, but worldwide. You're gonna see deception on a grand scale. It's going to happen squared. So that's the message of the general signs. But then Jesus brought up two men. He brought up Noah and he brought up Abraham's nephew, Lot. Isn't it interesting that right in the middle of all these signs, he brought up these two men. And here's what he said. As it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be that way in the world when I return. And as it was in the days of Lot, it's going to be that way in the world when I return. Now, who did he say that to? Well, he said it to his disciples, but watch this. He prophesied of things both near and far, soon and much later. The temple being destroyed happened just a few decades later. But Jesus, the prophet, was, was staring down the tunnel of time and he was looking into our day, the day when he would return. And he said, I'm going to give you some signs that'll point to my return. Some signs that'll let you know that it is near even at the doors. And Jesus, the prophet, never missed, ever. And we see this by what happened to Lot. Because remember, Lot had been hanging around with walking for years with the most godly man on earth. God's friend, God's chosen servant, Abraham. He had been around a man of faith, the father of our faith. So he understood faith. He understood a, a walk with God. He understood character. He understood morality. But Lot had a fatal flaw. It says that Lot was sight-driven and not wisdom-driven. He was driven by what he saw, not by what God said. He was driven by what he looked at, not what God counseled him. He had a fatal flaw. If he'd been wisdom driven, he would never have chosen to move towards Sodom because the Bible says the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Notice it didn't say the men and women. It said the men, the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. You know, if you're wicked, that's one thing, but if God puts an exceedingly in front of it, you're in trouble. <laughs> Lot had a family, a wife, and a relationship with God to protect, but you know what he did? He made dangerous choices based on what he saw and wanted rather than on God's will and way. He saw and wanted. He did not seek the counsel of God 
on what to do. He looked and took. He did not pray and listen. So Lot had a fatal flaw. Now look what this fatal flaw did because he was driven by the side of his eyes, not by a walk of faith, not by the counsel of God, but driven by the side of his eyes. Now look what happened. Because of that, Lot ended up in a dire drift away from God. He had a fatal flaw and he wound up in a dire drift away from God. The Bible says that once Lot chose the land where Sodom was, look at what he did. This amazes me. He pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. That's saying, pretend this stage is Sodom. He got right there. Here's the outskirts, the edges of Sodom. He got right there. He pitched his tent. And you know the way he pitched his tent? The Bible says he pitched it facing Sodom. Wow. How do you spell stupid? Okay. He didn't immediately move into Sodom. Oh, no, no, no. He did it incrementally. And that's the way the devil works on believers. He works incrementally. He knows he can't get you to fall overnight. So he works on you incrementally. That's what he does. And I'm here today to blow his cover. Okay. He works on you incrementally. So let's look at how this happened a lot. Lot, if you had told Lot where he was going to end up when he first went towards Sodom, he would have never believed you. But it says, he pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. He didn't immediately move in there, but he walked around the edges. So we could say that he danced around the flame or that he flirted with with sin. This is where Lot began. He pitched that tent facing Sodom. So you know what that means? The, The tent flap, I assume they had a tent flap. They were big tents. But when he walked out the front flap in the morning, it says he saw Sodom. When he went to bed at night, he saw the lights of Sodom. Abraham and Canaan and everything that was righteous, Lot had put behind him. It was behind the tent. So when when he woke up, he, he beheld Sodom. He looked at Sodom. He faced Sodom. He was faced with Sodom every day by his own choice. Now, let me ask you a question. How easy is it in our culture today to face Sodom? Oh, it's too easy. Now, you do know that we're in almost the equivalent of Sodom now. You're aware of that? Anybody not aware of that? Good. If you're not aware of that, come down. I'm going to lay hands on you and anoint you with enough oil to slide you into the next room and get you to wake up. Because we're living in, increasingly, the very land of Sodom. Watch this. Abraham and Canaan and everything that was righteous, it's behind him. And so the dire drift progressed. We see that he moved from the edges of Sodom Until one day he said, Mrs. Lot, it's time to move. And they moved into the heart of Sodom. And then unbelievably, he ended up in a place of leadership in Sodom. Leading Sin City. Leading a wicked place. He's a man of God. He's the nephew of the greatest man of God in the face of the earth. And what in the world is he doing? He's compromising himself. That's what he's doing. When God sent his angels to bring judgment on the city, we read the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. That means the gate was sort of like the city council building of those days at the gates of the cities where the elders would gather and make major decisions over the city. So Lot went from on the edges to living in it to actually helping rule it. Wow. See, getting away from God doesn't normally happen like that, it happens like this. It's that gentle slope that leads down. It's like getting in that life raft in the ocean, you know, you get, and you're just a few feet out, you kick back, you're at the ocean, it's beautiful, the sun is shining, 
you fade, you have some good dreams, you wake up and you are way out there. That's the dire drift Lot was in. Any reservations that he and Mrs. Lot may have had about this wicked city had faded with time. As a matter of fact, they became what you and I have got to really watch out for. They became desensitized to deviancy. Sodom defined deviancy down. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. That's why we've got to stay in the Word. This is why I get in the Word every single day. Because this Word, it says, receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your soul. Well, wait a minute. The blood saves my soul, so it can't be talking about that. So what does it mean? It means that the Word of God saves you and me from a dire drift. It saves us from being desensitized to sin. You know what amazes me now about America? I cannot believe the things that no longer shock America. We just look at things now, they're on TV, on the internet. We look at things now that 20 years ago, we would have said, what in the world? But now we just, huh. You know why? Because after you've seen so many murders and so much sin and so much sexuality, finally you become desensitized to what grieves God. I believe Mr. and Mrs. Lot said this to themselves. Well, maybe it's not so bad after all if we want to move into Sodom. Uh, You know, that's a beautiful city. We'll move in among them. We just won't become like them. You ever said that to yourself? After all, let's be truthful. There's a lot of money to be made in Sodom. It's a very rich city. So let's just make our money, store up our 401k and boogie. It won't affect us. We're strong. We walk with God. My uncle is Abraham. But look what happened to him. Mm, Slow train wreck. When the angels came into the city to see if what had ascended to heaven about Sodom was true, and they found Lot at the gate, here's what they found. They found a compromised man. He had a fatal flaw. He lived by the side of his eyes. He was in a dire drift away from God. And you know what? Those two things got him into a terrible trap. That fatal flaw and dire drift got him into a terrible trap. Devil never tells you where he's really taking you. He never tells you where he's really taking you. His job is to make wrong look right and bad look good and evil look righteous. That's his job. So he didn't come to you with a tail and a, in a red suit and a pitchfork and horns. He comes to you as something beautiful, something awesome, something extraordinary, something appealing, something seductive, something luring that appeals to, to your flesh at the very core. That's what he comes to you with. He ended up in a terrible trap. 
Boy, did he have regrets. Peter says, for that righteous man, Lot, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul, tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. See, he was a righteous man, but he was a compromised man. And every single day he woke up. Let me tell you what he saw. He saw sexual perversion in front of his eyes, and then he heard perverse things. And for his soul that knew God, it vexed him, it tormented him every single day. Anybody experiencing that in our culture right now? Don't you experience that sometimes? The way that we're making wrong right and right wrong and bad good and good bad. And if you stand on the side of good, you're bad. And if you stand on the side of bad, you're good. Is that vexing anybody like it does me sometimes? Welcome to Sodom. And welcome to the very setting and civilization Jesus said would exist before his return. So here's another sign to look for prior to Jesus' return. A society that is so pervasively wicked and seductive that only those believers that stick like glue to God and his word will survive and remain pure. Because if you stay with this word every single day, the Bible says, whoever loves your word will not be offended and there will be no cause of stumbling in them. Now, here's the good news. Abraham successfully avoided Sodom and went on to possess the land. So let me give you what I know by Scripture. In the last days, you're either going to be a compromised lot or you're going to be an obedient Abraham. It's going to be those kind of people in the church, those two kinds of people, a compromised lot or an obedient Abraham. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be an obedient Abraham. By God's grace and help, I will. And I want a church that is an obedient Abraham, that is obtaining the promises by faith and by patience. I want an obedient Abraham church that is shining like a light, reaching the lost, preaching the gospel, staying with the blood, staying with the cross, staying with the word. And soon and very soon, that church is going to see the king. Amen. Now I want to share one last sign that Jesus gave us. When he pointed to Noah and Lot, keep in mind that the world of Noah's day was totally caught off guard by the flood. Jesus said, they knew not. After 120 years of preaching, they knew not until Noah entered the ark and God shut the door and big raindrops began to fall. Only then did the light go off and they said, oh no, he wasn't the crazy man down the street. He was a prophet. And the flood came and took them all away. In the same way, nobody in Sodom knew what was coming at all. It took them by total surprise. I thought about it that last morning in Sodom, the last day of Sodom. They rolled out of bed, brushed their teeth, got ready for work, sent the kids off to school and said, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Isn't life great? We don't even have to go to work. We've got so much. Meanwhile, if you had gone outside the city and just looked over the horizon, you would have seen, is that Lot running? And look at Mrs. Lot. She's really running with him. And his two daughters are also running. And who are those two strangers with them? All six of them running. You would have seen that. You would have said that. And that's it. In a flash, it was gone. That was your last memory and the fire of God fell. Jesus said as it was in the days of knowing a lot, that's the way it's gonna be in the days when I return. Nobody's gonna be expecting it. Nobody 
is going to be looking for. The world at large is going to be buying, selling, marrying, giving a marriage, eating, drinking, building, investing, and he's going to come like that, like a thief in the night. Suddenly, the world will be caught off guard totally. Jesus said in a very graphic depiction, he said, here's what it's going to be like. And he wasn't using metaphor here. He was telling us exactly what's going to happen. I tell you, Jesus said, in that night, there's going to be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women are going to be grinding together, working together. One is going to be taken and the other left. Two men are going to be out in the field. How you doing, Bill? Oh, great, Bob. Well, it's another day. Here we go. And then Bill will turn to Bob, who is no longer there. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That word moment is taken from the Greek word atomos. We get Adam from that word. It means a moment of time that you can't split. It's so fast. You're not gonna see millions of people just drifting up. You're gonna be going through the motions of life and suddenly you're gonna be looking at Jesus. People are gonna be asleep as usual, working as usual, going about normal life as usual, and Jesus is going to come. Are you ready for that? Boy, if there ever there was a day not to be in a dire drift, it's today. If ever there was a day that if you have a question mark about your salvation, today's the day to settle it. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Because there is going to be a time when God will shut essentially the door of the ark and he will come and it will be too late. So let me sum all this up and we're gonna close. Based on the record of Noah and Lot, when Jesus referred to them. It's going to be like their time. Here's what we can expect to see. Widespread apostasy as people depart from the Christian faith. It's happening right now. I know you've got to be aware of it. Whole denominations are throwing the Bible out so that they can become friends with the world. Second thing we can expect to see is pervasive, increasingly depraved wickedness in men. Let me tell you, you and I are going to see things that are going to shock us, and we're going to say a lot, how could they have done that? Third thing, Jesus said, widespread, increasingly pervasive violence. Not everyday run-of-the-mill violence, but worldwide, pervasive, bloodletting, cruel violence. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, and in the days of Noah, the earth was filled with violence. Fourth thing, widespread apathy towards the warnings of God. Now, I'm believing, and I believe we will see a great harvest in 2014 and in the years to come. But the day is going to arrive, folks, when men's hearts are going to get so hard that the gospel will fall off of them like water off a duck's back. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, there was universal apathy towards the warnings of God. And the last thing we're going to see, and we're seeing right now, are we not widespread, socially sanctioned sexual perversion? Do you know that our Government has stated that one of their goals is to export homosexuality and acceptance of it to the nations of the world. They have stated that that is one of our goals. Our country has become evangelists for that cause. But Jesus said, I see it coming 21 centuries from now where the whole world is going to amen sexual perversion, just like it was in the days of Lot. Look around you. Are these things happening? Well, what did Jesus say? Well, he said it's going to get darker for the world, but lighter for the true church. 
He said it's gonna get worse for the world, but it's gonna get better for the true believers in Christ. I wanna give you a good word. Jesus said, when you see all these things taking place, don't be dismayed, don't get depressed, don't get discouraged, but instead lift up your heads, your redemption draws near. That's what he said. And I wanna encourage you something today. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You say, Pastor Jeff, I can't stand up against all this stuff. No, you can't and I can't either. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day, and thanks for listening to Hardwired.